0: I أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك I وأشهد أن محمدًا Alhamdulillahi Rabbil الحمد Alhamdulillahi Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. You have المستقيم، understand الذين world of the world.
1: The accounts of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, are being related in recent weeks. When the time of the demise of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, drew near, he called for Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf, may Allah be pleased with him, and stated, Tell me about Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, O Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah, by God, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, is even better than the opinion you hold about him except for the fact that he is strict in his disposition. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, He is strict because he sees that I am compassionate in nature. However, if he was entrusted with the leadership, he will give up many of his habits. Because I have observed that when I treat someone in a strict manner, he tries to convince me to be happy with them. And when he sees that I'm overly lenient with someone, he tells me to be strict with them. Thereafter, Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him, called for Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, and asked about Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, stated, His hidden qualities are even better than those qualities which are apparent. There is no one like him amongst us. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then stated to both these companions, Whatever I have said to you, you should not disclose it to anyone else. And if I don't choose Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, then I will look no further than Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him. In other words, according to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, both of these individuals were worthy of doing justice to the station of Khilafat, and they both will have the authority to govern your affairs in the most proper manner. It is my desire now to move away from governing your affairs and join those who have passed away from among you. During the days of Hazrat Abu Bakr's, may Allah be pleased with him, illness, (inaudible) Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah, may Allah be pleased with him, approached him and said to him that you have made Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, the khalifa of the people, even though you can see how he treats people in your presence. What will be the situation when he is alone, when you will meet your Lord and when He will question you about your subjects? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said to sit him up. Hence, they sat him up with some support. And he said, Are you making me fearful of Allah? When I will meet my Lord and He will question me, I will say, I made the best among your servants their Khalifa. Following this, Hazar Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, called Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, in isolation in order to write a will in relation to Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. He then said, write, in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. This is the will of Hazrat Abu Bakr bin Abu Qahafa for the Muslims. Having said this, he became unconscious and Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, wrote further on his own accord, I have chosen Umar bin Khattab as your Khalifa and I have not left any shortcomings in providing good for you. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then regained consciousness and said, read to me what you have written. Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, read it to him, upon which he said, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. He went on to say, I believe that you became anxious of not causing divisions among the people if I had passed away in this state of unconsciousness. Hazrat, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, replied in the affirmative. This was indeed the case. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, may Allah reward you on behalf of Islam and the Muslims. In other words, the sentence Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, wrote of his own accord regarding Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, being the Khalifa, was not objected to by Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. In Tariq al Tabari, it is written that Muhammad bin Ibrahim bin Harith relates Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, called Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, alone and said to write, in the name of Allah, the Gracious, the Merciful. This is the will of Abu Bakr bin Abi Qahafa for the Muslims. Following this, the narrator says after saying this much, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, became unconscious. Following this, the same took place as had been mentioned earlier. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, regained consciousness, had the same conversation and asked Hazar Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, to read it out. After hearing what was written, as has been mentioned, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said Allahu Akbar i.e. Allah is the greatest. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, further said, may Allah reward you in the best manner on behalf of Islam and the Muslims for having written this sentence. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, kept the written statement intact and did not make any changes. In one narration it is mentioned that Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, called for Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, and said, suggest to me a person to be chosen as the Khalifa. By Allah, in my eyes, you are worthy of giving me advice. Upon this he said, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then told him to write this down and he began to write. As he reached the name, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, fell unconscious. When Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, regained consciousness, he said to write Umar. In another narration, it is mentioned that Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, relates Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, was writing the will of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, became unconscious, and Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, wrote the name of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. When Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, regained consciousness, he inquired what he had written. He replied, I have written Umar. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, you have written what I had intended you to say. Even if you had written your own name, you would have been entitled to it. In another narration, it is mentioned that when Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, fell ill, he sent a message to Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, and to some individuals from among the Muhajireen, i.e. the Muslims who migrated from Makkah to Medina and the Ansar saying, You can see that the time has come and there is no one in position to give you orders. If you wish, you may choose an individual from among yourselves and if you so desire, I will do so on your behalf. They replied, You may do so for us. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then told Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, to write that this is the will of Abu Bakr bin Abi Qahafa which he made as his final will prior to departing from this world and as his first will entering the hereafter, where a sinner will repent, a disbeliever will believe, and a liar will testify to the truth. This will is as follows. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is his servant and messenger. And I appoint as the Khalifa Having said this, he fell unconscious, and Hazar Uthman wrote Umar bin Khattab on his own accord. When Hazar Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, regained consciousness, he asked, Have you written anything? In reply he said, Yes, I wrote Umar bin Khattab. Upon this, Hazar Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, May Allah have mercy on you. Even if you had written your own name, you were entitled to it. Nevertheless, write that I have chosen Umar bin Khattab as your Khalifa after me and I am content with him for your sake. Once the will had been written, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, it should be read out to the people. As such, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, gathered the people and sent his freed slave with a letter. At that time, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was with him as well. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, would tell the people to remain silent, And listen to the words of the Khalifa of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, as he has not left any shortcomings in providing good for you. Subsequently, the people sat down quietly and the will was read out to them. They listened to it and obeyed. At that time, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, turned towards the people and said, Are you satisfied with whom I have appointed as Khalifa, as I have not chosen a relative? I have most certainly appointed Umar as your Khalifa. Hence, you should listen to him and obey. By Allah, I have not been negligent in reflecting and pondering over this. Upon this the people replied, We have heard and obeyed. Following this, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, called Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, and said to him, I have appointed you as the Khalifa of the Companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and have advised you, i.e. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, to be faithful of Allah. He further said, O Umar, There are most certainly some rights due to Allah, which are fulfilled during the night and which he does not accept during the day. And there are some rights to be discharged during the day, which he does not accept during the night. Moreover, he most certainly does not accept voluntary deeds unless and until the obligations are fulfilled. O Umar, do you not see that the scales of those very individuals are heavier in the balance of good? whose scales will also be heavier on the Day of Judgment as a result of following the Truth. That is, those who follow the Truth, their scales will be heavier on the Day of Judgment. He further said, In relation to the scale, it is a certain matter that something heavier will be placed therein in the future. O Umar, do you not see that the scale of those very individuals will be lighter whose scales will be lighter also on the Day of Judgment, as a result of following falsehood. In other words, they were not following the truth and performing virtuous deeds. As such, their scales will be lighter on the Day of Judgment. Moreover, it is certain that whenever falsehood is placed in the scale, it will be lighter. O Umar, may Allah be pleased with you. Do you not see that the verses pertaining to glad tidings were revealed alongside the verses relating to punishment? And likewise the verses relating to punishment were revealed alongside the verses granting glad tidings. And this was so that the believers remain in a state of hope as well as fear. On the one hand they aspire to perform virtuous deeds and on the other hand they instil the fear of Allah the Almighty within them. And so they do not harbour any desire which has no connection with God nor to fear from anything which Allah has established for himself. O Umar, may Allah be pleased with you. Do you not see that Allah the Almighty has mentioned the inmates of the hellfire owing to their ill deeds? Thus, when you mention them, then you should say, I hope that I am not from among them. And Allah has mentioned the dwellers of paradise owing to their virtuous deeds, and Allah overlooked their ills. Thus, when you mention them, you should say, Are my deeds the same as their deeds? Seek the answer from your heart. When the time of Hazar Abu Bakr's, may Allah be pleased with him, demise drew close, he stated, Whatever wealth of the Muslims was entrusted to me should be returned to them, for I do not wish to take anything from that. And my land in such and such places to be used to return the wealth of the Muslims which I took from the treasury, i. e. the Betul Mal to be used for my personal expenses. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him's land, camel, assistant, and a cloak which was worth five dirhams were all given to Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. When Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, saw all il- PJ- of this, he stated He, i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, has placed the one who will come after him in great difficulty. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih first may Allah be pleased with him, states Someone once stated that Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, no longer possessed a stern disposition as he did in the era of jahiliyyah, i.e. the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam. Upon this Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, I still have that sternness in my disposition, but it is now used against the disbelievers. Hazrat Muslim <inspired> Hazrat- <pad> may Allah be pleased with him, states, People said to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, You have appointed Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, as your successor. And this would cause a lot of unrest, for he has a very sharp temper. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, His temper will only be fiery whilst I am present. And once I depart from this world, his temperament will soften. The promised Messiah, peace be upon him, states, In regards to Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, it is mentioned that once somebody commented, Prior to Islam, you would become quite angry. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, I still have the same anger, but before it would be displayed inappropriately, but now it is exercised at its proper occasion. Jami' bin Shaddad relates from one of his close relatives, that he heard Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, state, O Allah, I am weak, grant me strength, and I am stern in my disposition, thus soften my temperament, and I am miserly, Grant me the ability to spend with an open heart. There are various narrations regarding the first address delivered by Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him after becoming a Khalifa. According to one narration, Humayid bin Hilal, who was present at the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's May Allah be pleased with him demise, informs us. When Hazrat Umar, May Allah be pleased with him, returned from the burial of Hazar Abu Bakr, May Allah be pleased with him, he cleaned the soil of the grave from his hands and then stood at his place and said, Surely Allah Almighty has tried you through me and has tried me through you. And after my two friends, he has now left me over you. I swear by Allah, Whenever your matters are brought to me, no one other than me will tend to them. If it is a matter which is distant from me, then I will appoint able and trustworthy people. They will be appointed to oversee your matters. If people treat me well, I will treat them well. And if they misbehave, then I will punish them. Hassan, may Allah be pleased with him, says, In our view, in the first address delivered by Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, he glorified Allah Almighty and then said, After this, I have been tried through you people, and you have been tried through me. After my two friends, I have been left over you. And so, any matter that is brought to me, I will tend to it myself. And any matter that is distant from me, I will appoint able and trustworthy people. Whoever does good, I will increase them in good. And whoever does evil, I will punish them. May Allah forgive me and you. Jam'a bin Shaddad relates on account of his father that when Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, stood at the pulpit, the first thing he said was, Allahumma inni shadeedun fallayyinni وَإِنِّي ضَعِيفٌ وَإِنِّي بَخِيلٌ فسخّني. That is, O oh Allah, I am harsh, so make me kind. And I am weak, so make me strong. And I am miserly, so make me generous. Jamr bin Shaddad relates on account of his father that when Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was chosen as the Khalifa, he stood at the pulpit and said, I am going to say a few things to which you should say Ameen. These were the first words that Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, said after becoming the Khalifa. Hussain Murri states that Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, said, Arabs are like a reined camel which walks behind its leader and it is the leader's job to be mindful of where he is leading the camel. As far as I am concerned by the Lord of the Kaaba, I will surely guide them on the straight path. In the previous narration, it was said that they should say "Amin" to what he said. But there are no further details mentioned. Or perhaps this narration about the rains is the explanation of the earlier narration. In any case, on the third day after becoming the Khalifa, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, delivered a detailed address which was that when Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, learned that people were afraid of him, he had an announcement made in a loud voice that the prayer is ready to start. Upon this, people gathered and he sat at the pulpit, in the same place where Hazar Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, used to put his feet. When everyone had gathered, he stood up and glorified Allah in a befitting manner and then sent salutations upon the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Then he said, I have been informed that people are afraid of my stern temperament. And they say Umar was strict with us even when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him was present among us, and continued to be strict with us when Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, ruled over us. What will happen now that all matters are in his hands? Whoever has said this is correct. No doubt I was with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and was his slave and servant, and he was such that no one could match his kindness and kind-heartedness. Allah Almighty had bestowed these qualities upon him and had given him two titles from among his attributes, the compassionate and the merciful. I was a wielded sword. If the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him chose he could put me in a sheath, or if he chose he could let me loose and I would go forth smiting. Then the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him passed away in a state of being pleased with me and thanks be to God that I was honoured in this way. Then Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him became the leader and he was from among such people whose benevolence, grace and kindness cannot be denied and I was his servant and helper. I would combine my strictness with his tenderness. I became the unsheathed sword at his disposal. If he so willed he could place me back in the sheath and if he so willed he could unleash me to go forth smiting. Hence I remained with him in this manner until God Almighty brought about his demise whilst he was pleased with me. All praise belongs to Allah that I remain so blessed in this regard. Then, O people, I became the leader of your affairs. Know well that my anger has subsided, but it shall be manifested to those who wrong and oppress the Muslims. It has subsided for you, but shall be evident against the enemies. As for the pious-natured, devout and virtuous people, I shall be even more tender towards them than what they show to one another. If I ever find a person who acts unjustly and oppresses, I shall place his cheek on the ground and my foot on his other cheek until he fully understands what the truth is. That is to say, he will be very stern. And O people, you have many rights over me, which I mention. You may call me to account over them. One right you have over me is that I hide not whatever wealth is to be spent for your sake, nor the spoils which God Almighty has sent for you, unless it is that which I hold for the works of God Almighty. Another right of yours over me is that the wealth be spent at its appropriate occasion, Your right over me is that I continue to grant you your allowances. A right of yours over me is also that I do not place you into ruin. And when you leave your homes to join the army, I shall be like a father to your children until you return. I say this and seek Allah Almighty's forgiveness for you. Whilst referring to the Khilafat of Hazar Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, Hazar Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states The following verse would be before the Muslims تُعَدُّ Amanati That is, those who are worthy of governing or have the ability to organize should be handed over responsibilities of trust. Then, when this responsibility is handed over to certain people, then in line with the Sharia, they would remain mindful of this instruction, that one must govern with honesty and justice. If one abandons justice and forsakes honesty, and if they betray what was entrusted to them, then God would hold them accountable and punish them for it. This aspect of upholding honesty was so entrenched in Hazrat Umar's may Allah be pleased with him disposition that one is left astounded. Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him, who was the second Caliph of Islam, sacrificed so much for the progress of Islam that the European authors, who raise allegations against the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him day and night, who shamelessly write in their books that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, God forbid, did not uphold justice. While mentioning Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, cannot help but admit that the example of their efforts and sacrifice cannot be found in any worldly leader. They especially praise Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, and say that he was one that he was the one who spent day and night propagating Islamic principles and helping with the progress of the Muslims. However, what was the condition of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him himself? Despite carrying out countless initiatives, offering countless sacrifices, and enduring hardships, he would always be mindful of this verse. وَتُؤَدُّ الْأَمَانَاتِ إلَى أَهْلِهَا. And also، وَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ، بِالْعَدْلِ. Meaning، when one is assigned with the trust from God، and your fellow brethren، and countrymen، choose you to represent them. Then it is your duty to discharge your responsibility with justice and to ensure you use all your faculties for the betterment of mankind. Thus, how painful is the event near to the end of Hazrat Umar's, may Allah be pleased with him, life when a foolish and ignorant person stabbed Hazar Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, with a dagger, deeming him to be an oppressor. When Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, realised that he was nearing his demise, he would lay on his bed in a restless state and repeatedly cry out in anguish Allahumma la alayya wa li. Allahumma alayya wa li. Meaning, O oh Lord, You handed over the governance of the people to me and placed this trust with me. I do not know whether I did justice to this or not. Now the time for my demise has drawn near and I am about to leave this world to come towards You. O oh my Lord, I do not seek any recompense or desire any rewards in exchange for my deeds. Rather, O oh my Lord, I only seek that you have mercy on me and forgive me. If I have fallen short in fulfilling this responsibility, then forgive me. Umar was a magnificent person whose level of equity and justice is seldom found on the face of the earth, except under the commandment, i.e., when you judge between men. You judge with justice. When he passed away, it was in a state of restlessness and unease because he considered all of his services for the nation, all of his services for the betterment of the people, all of his services for the progress of Islam to be completely insignificant, all of his services which all of the Muslims in the country considered to be good and all of his services which were considered as good by even those in the country who were non-Muslim all those services which not only his own people and others in his country considered to be good, but even those in foreign countries considered to be good, all the services which were considered good by not only those in his time, but even now, 1300 years later, those who do not desist from attacking his master, hear of the services rendered by Umar, they say that Umar is unmatched in his achievements. Umar considered all of these services to be insignificant and anxiously said, Allahumma la alayya wa la li. Oh my Lord, I was given a trust. I do not know if I did justice to it. Hence, my only request is that you forgive my shortcomings and save me from punishment. Then, in a speech titled, Benefactor of the world. Hazrat <laughs> Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, It was Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, regarding whom Christian historians also write that his governance was such that is unmatched in the world. They use foul language against the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, yet commend Hazrat, <laughs> Hazrat <laughs> Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, a person who remained in his company at all times longed during his final moments to be given a place in his nearness to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. If any action of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, showed that he strove for anything other than attaining the pleasure of God, then after having attained the level he did, would Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him have desired to be given a place near him? Hazrat Muslim may Allah be pleased with him is proving that it was servitude to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and his moral training, which enabled Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, to be just and have this fear of God. With regards to Hazrat Umar's, may Allah be pleased with him, love for the Ahlul Bayt, that is the family of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, remained alive for a long time after the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. During the era of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, when Iran was conquered, flour mills were brought over, which ground very fine flour. When the very first mill was established in Medina, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, instructed that the first batch of fine flour should be presented to Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, as a gift. Hence, according to his instruction, that fine flour was sent to Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, and her worker used that flour to make thin bread. The women of Medina, who had never before seen such fine flour, converged and gathered Hazrat Aisha's, may Allah be pleased with her, her home, so that they may see this flour and how its bread is prepared. The entire courtyard was filled with women, waiting to see the bread baked with this flour. Hazrat Muslim may Allah be pleased with him was addressing women and said, "You must be thinking that it was perhaps some type of unique flour. It was not a unique type of flour. Rather, that flour was of was of lesser quality, which you eat on a daily basis." In fact, it was of even lesser quality than the flour which today is used by the poorest women. However, that flour was of a higher quality than that which was usually available in Medina. In any case, bread was prepared with the flour which the women were astonished to see. In their astonishment, they began touching the bread and would immediately exclaim, This bread is wonderful. Is there any flour in the world better than this? The bread had been baked, but then. But this is where the love of Hazrat Aisha's, may Allah be pleased with her, love and her feelings for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, become manifest. Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, took a small piece of the bread and placed it in her mouth. All of the women who were standing there, were looking at her to see how Hazrat Aisha's may Allah be pleased with her expression would change as she would savor eating the soft bread, and were expecting her to express her happiness and would especially enjoy it. However, as soon as Hazrat Aisha may Allah be pleased with her, placed that piece of bread in her mouth, it remained in her mouth as if her throat had become closed, and her eyes began filling with tears. The women said. The flour is so good, and the bread is unbelievably soft. Why are you unable to swallow it and have started to cry? Is there something wrong with the bread? Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, There is nothing wrong with the bread. I know that this bread is very soft, and we have never seen something like this. But I am not crying because there is something wrong with the bread. Rather, I remember the days when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was passing through the final stage of his life. He had become weak and could not eat hard food. Yet even in those days, we used to grind wheat with stones and would make bread from it and present it to him. Then she said, The person because of whom we are reaping these benefits left before he could enjoy these things, and we who are honoured only because of him are benefiting from these bounties. When she said this, she took the piece of bread out of her mouth and said, Take this bread away from me. Recalling the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, my throat is closing up and I cannot eat this bread. Hazrat ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, narrates, that during the era of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Conquered Midian, which was where Khosra ruled. He, I, Umar may Allah be pleased with him, instructed that a leather mat should be placed on the floor of the mosque and instructed that the spoils should be emptied on that leather mat. Then the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gathered, and the first one to take their share of the spoils was Hazrat Hassan bin Ali, may Allah be pleased with him. He said, O leader of the believers, grant me my share of the wealth which Allah Almighty has bestowed upon the Muslims. has Umar may Allah be pleased with him, instructed with great happiness and honour that he should be given 1,000 dirhams. Then Hassan left and Hussein bin Ali came forward and said, O leader of the believers, grant me my share of the wealth which Allah Almighty has bestowed upon the Muslims. Haza Umar may Allah be pleased with him, instructed with great happiness and honour that he should be given one thousand dirhams. Then Hazrat Umar's, may Allah be pleased with him, son, Abdullah bin Umar, came forward and said, "O leader of the believers, grant me my share of the wealth which Allah Almighty has bestowed upon the Muslims." Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, instructed with great happiness and honor, that he should be given five hundred dirhams. Upon this, Abdullah bin Umar said, "O leader of the believers." I am a strong man who used to stand in front of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, wielding my sword. At that time Hassan and Hussain were children who used to wander the streets of Medina. You have given them one thousand dirhams each, and have given me only five hundred? Has Umar replied, this is true. Find me a father like their father, a mother like their mother, a maternal grandfather like their maternal grandfather, a maternal grandmother like their maternal grandmother, a paternal uncle like their paternal uncle, a maternal uncle like their maternal uncle, and a maternal aunt like their maternal aunt, surely you will not be able to do so. Abu Ja'far, May Allah be pleased with him, narrates that Hazrat Umar, May Allah be pleased with him, decided to assign stipends to people and his view was better than that of all others. People told him that he should begin with himself, but he did not agree. Instead, he began with the closest relatives of the Holy Prophet. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Thus, he began by determining a stipend for Hazrat Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, and then Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, respected Hazrat Imam Hassan, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazar Imam Hussein, may Allah be pleased with him, and would tend to them and provide for them, just as he provided for their father. Once some clothes arrived from Yemen, and he distributed them among the sons of the companions, but did not give any to the two of them, i.e. Imam Hasan and Imam Hussein. He said that there was nothing among those clothes which he deemed worthy enough for them. He then sent a message to the governor of Yemen, who then had clothes made which were suitable for them. I will continue narrating accounts in the future, God willing. At present, I will mention some members who have passed away and later lead their funeral prayers in absentia. The first is of Suhaila Mahbub Sahiba, wife of late Faiz Ahmed Sahib, Dhruvish of Gujarat, who was the Nazir Baitul Mal. Suhaila Sahiba passed away at the age of 90. Inna lillahi wa inna Ilahi raji'oon. Verily to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. By the grace of Allah, she was a Musya. She belonged to an educated family from Bihar. Her father was not an Ahmadi. However, her mother did her own research After her father did the bet, and then she too joined the community. She then endured great hardship for three to four years since her husband had not accepted Ahmadiyyat. However, she remained steadfast upon Ahmadiyyat. Although her husband never accepted Ahmadiyyat, he eventually stopped his opposition and the daughters were even married into Ahmadiyy households. Similarly, Suhaila Sahiba was also married into an Ahmadi household as well. In 1958, the deceased mother traveled to Qadian for the first time, along with her daughter Suhaila Mahbub. Suhaila Mahbub said that she developed a great love for Kardian and she prayed a great deal that somehow she may be able to settle there. She decided to devote her life. At the time, the Nazir Khidmat Darveshan was Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad. Sah. May Allah be pleased with him. In response to her letter for life devotion, he said, "I have been informed that you are devoting your life. This step you have taken is praiseworthy." Being a life devotee, your foremost responsibility is to learn about the faith and model your actions according to the teachings of Islam and Ahmadiyyat so that you can establish an excellent example. Hence, she dedicated her life. In 1964, she got married to Chaudhry Abdullah Sahib Darwish with whom she had a daughter. However, they separated after some time. Then her second marriage took place with Chaudhry Faiz Ahmed Sahib Darwish of Gujarat with whom she had a son. However, he passed away in his childhood. Up until her retirement, the deceased served for almost 30 years as the headmistress of the Nusrat Girls High School in Qadian. Next is Raja Khurshid Ahmed Munir Sahib a missionary who had been serving in Australia, which is where he passed away. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. He was a Musi. He served as a missionary for quite some time in various regions of Pakistan and Azad Kashmir. He was a fearless missionary of the community. While serving in Azad Kashmir, he had to face a great deal of opposition. During the disturbances of 1974, he endured opposition with great bravery. Once in a meeting the third caliph may allah have mercy on him said regarding him we have a very brave missionary there hence he gave him the title of brave missionary Raja Khurshid Ahmed Munir sahib had a house in Rawalpindi which he had donated as a gift to the community and the fourth caliph may allah have Mercy on him accepted this gift. After the partition of India and Pakistan, Raja Sahib moved to Ahmednagar. And then, upon his establishment, he studied in Jamia Ahmadiyya. In order to make ends meet, he opened a store in a small room. Then, in 1948, he was part of the Furqan battalion. In 1949 he passed the Maulvi fazil exam and passed the first Shahid exams of Jamia, after which he served as a missionary at various places in Pakistan and Kashmir. In 1974 his house was attacked, but he faced this with great bravery. He was injured as a result of the mob pelting stones, but everyone in the home remained safe. He always advised to be steadfast, and would say that divine communities are made to face such trials and tests. Even under these conditions he would bravely visit the communities, he would visit people's homes, and sometimes during his visits to homes of members of the community, he would be apprehended and beaten. Yet he never complained, he He is survived by four sons and four daughters. These days he was in Australia, which is where he passed away. Next is Zamir Ahmed Nadeem Sahib, who passed away at the age of 56. wa inna raji'un, Verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. He had been suffering from cancer. It was through his paternal great grandfather Rahim Bakhsh Sahib, may Allah be pleased with him, who is a companion of the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, that Ahmadiyyat was introduced to his family in 1897. When his great paternal grandfather heard that the Imam Mahdi had arrived, he went from his village Shikarpur machia which was in the district of Gurdaspur, to attend Jalsa Qadiyan which was where he accepted Ahmadiyyad. He had informed one of his relatives, Meherdin Sahib, about the Imam Mahdi. And so he also went and accepted Ahmadiyyad. Then as a result of his preaching, almost the entire village became Ahmadiyyad. After completing Jamia, Zamir Sahib served in the field for some time under Islahu irshad Mukami, and then he was appointed to Daftar Mansuba Bandi Committee. After which, he served under Nazarat Islahu Irshad Markaziya. From 2005 until his demise, he served as Ma'win Nazir Wasiyat Shoba Istiqbalia. Allah Almighty bestowed him a son and a daughter. His son is also a missionary. He knew how to build connections. He was also a good basketball player, which helped in building connections. He would then use these connections for the benefit of the community. He was regular in offering tahajjud the pre-dawn voluntary prayers, and he had a high degree of trust in Allah Almighty. It was his habit that whenever faced with some difficulty, he would immediately offer voluntary prayers and write a letter to the Khalifa. By the grace of Allah Almighty, his prayers and voluntary prayers would be granted acceptance. The following funeral is of Isa Mwakitili Masahib of Tanzania who passed away a few days ago. Lillahi wa Inna Ilaihi To Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. He was born in a Christian household. At the age of 19, he began showing an interest in religious dialogue due to the influences around him. Then he had the honor of accepting Islam. A few years later, he became acquainted with the teachings of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And after carrying out his research, he entered the fold of Ahmadiyyat in 1992. He underwent a pious change after taking the oath of allegiance. This was clearly felt by his family. And having witnessed this transformation, his wife also pledged her allegiance. After taking this oath of allegiance, he made great efforts to increase his religious knowledge and he would not let any opportunity slip from his hands to preach the message of Islam Ahmadiyyad, even whilst he was at work. He was always at the forefront of giving alms. On many occasions he would say that giving in the way of Allah attracts blessings in one's business and wealth. He had a business. He was a very friendly, well-mannered and humble person. He showed great respect for life devotees, office bearers, and workers of the community. He was a Musi and is survived by two wives and ten children. The missionary in charge in Tanzania writes, He was appointed the regional president of Darussalam. Humility and simplicity were always evident in him, which would find place in the hearts of the people. He was a pious man who quietly rendered his services. He was then appointed the Naib Amir of Tanzania and served in this capacity so wonderfully. He possessed great counsel and always kept in mind the respect and honor of the system of the community. He always admonished Ahmadis to live with one another in harmony and to remain firmly attached to Khilafat. He always gave consideration to the needs of the workers of the community. He always strived to cooperate where possible. And in fact, he would take his car and drive the workers to the office in the morning, whilst on his way to work, so that they would not lose time in travelling by bus. He kept a room in his home as a prayer centre, where prayers would be offered. When he was encouraged to give the share of property of Musian testers, he immediately picked out his two most valuable properties, which he gave towards the share property. The next funeral is of Sheikh Mubashar Ahmed Sahib, supervisor of the constructions department in Gadian. He was the son of Sheikh Asrar Ahmed of Kirang Batisha, India. He also passed away in the last few days due to the coronavirus. At the age of 33, Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. He was Ahmadi by birth and is of a family which has been Ahmadi for a long time. He was an extremely well mannered servant of the community who was regular in prayer and always ready to render his services to his faith. He had a bond with the mosque since childhood. For the last eight years, he continued rendering his services to the construction department of Qadian in a wonderful manner. He was very earnest in his work and would pay great attention to detail. He is survived by his wife, parents, two brothers, and a sister. The following funeral is of Saif Ali Shahid Sahib, who passed away in Sydney. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. To Allah we belong, and to him shall we return. By the grace of Allah, he was a Musi. On his maternal side, he was the great-grandson of Chaudhry Muhammad Ali Sahib, a companion of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. And the grandson of Chaudhry Gammai Khan Sahib. His brother is Heder Ali Zafar Sahib, a missionary in Germany and also the Naib Amir nowadays. He says, in 1961, he completed his metric and began working in Hyderabad. He then continued to cover the education costs and other expenses of my brother and I. And he served our parents in a very selfless manner. He was extremely sociable, soft-spoken and humble. He had great love and affection for children and the youth. He possessed a bond of utmost love and obedience for the community and Khilafat. He always taught his children to also have love and obedience for Khilafat. He showed great respect to office bearers and never tolerated even hearing an ill word against them. He was very regular in offering his prayers. He would offer, he would offer his Tahajjud pre-dawn voluntary prayers and would perform the prayers in an excellent manner. Whilst he was in Pakistan, he had the honor of serving as the Finance Secretary and Secretary waqf al-Jadeed. Then Hz Khalifatul Masih the Fourth, May Allah have mercy on him, appointed him as the Sadr Jamaat of Mir Khas. And he remained there as a Sadr until it became an imarat. After the martyrdom of Dr Abdul Manan Siddiqui Sahib, he had the honor of serving as the local Amir and Amir of the district. He remained as the Amir of the Mirpur-Khas district right up until he departed for Australia. He also served in various roles within the auxiliary organizations. Likewise, he served as the member of the Kaza Board in Australia, as the Naib Sadr Awal Ansarullah, and also he was serving as the Rishtanata secretary of the community since 2016. Two of his sons passed away during his lifetime, but he bore the losses with great forbearance. He is survived by his wife and four sons. The next funeral is of Masood Ahmed Hayat Sahib, son of Rashid Ahmed Hayat Sahib. He passed away at the age of eighty. Inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi raji'un. To Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. Ahmadid was introduced to his family through his paternal grandfather Hazrat Babu Umar Hayat Sahib, son of Chaudhry Pir Baksh Sahib. In eighteen ninety-eight, Hazrat Umar Hayat took the oath of allegiance at the age of fourteen and entered the fold of Ahmadiyyad. Initially, he worked in the army, then moved to Kenya. Masood Hayat Sahib travelled to the UK in 1967, and remained there permanently after moving from Kenya. He was very pious-natured, regular in fasting and offering prayers, and he was a well-mannered, friendly, hospitable and kind person. He had the honour of performing the Hajj, the pilgrimage, on two occasions. He had the honour of driving and working in security during the tours of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV, may Allah have mercy on him, to various countries. When the Betul Ahad Mosque in Walthamstow was purchased in nineteen eighty three, the largest donation was from himself and his wife, the late Tahira Hayat Sahiba. Allah Almighty had showered his special grace upon him in his wealth, and he would regularly give a large portion of that in the way of Allah. When the Red Ridge East London Jamaat was divided, that Jamaat did not have its own mosque. When he became aware of this, he devoted a part of his house for the community and this remained the Jama'at centre for three years where various activities of the community were held. He has two sons and his second wife. His first wife passed away. May Allah have mercy on all the deceased and enable their progeny to remain attached to Ahmadiyyat. May their prayers for their future progeny and that of their forefathers be accepted after the prayer i shall lead the funeral prayers
0: alhamdulillah <coughs> Alhamdulillahi لله wa nasayinu wa ونؤمن wa na'minu عليه wa بالله من wa أنفسنا min سيئات anfusina wa min الله amalina man له ومن يضل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله عباد الله ارحمكم الله ان الله يعمر بالعدل واللسان مَيْتُ اِذِ الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَوْنَ الْفَشَاءَ وَالْمُنكَرَ وَالْمُنْهَى يَا أَيُّهَا تَذَكَّرُوا